you're going to need a bigger imagination. You're going to need a bigger, wider openness to what Jesus is doing. You're going to need to recalculate, recalibrate all your expectations of what God is, what God has been doing, and what God is seeking to do. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Have you ever embarked on a journey towards a goal, only to find that it demands more grit, determination, patience, faith, and help than initially anticipated? As you travel down the path, you probably had to recalibrate based on what you discovered and what was needed to stay on track. And sometimes, it probably stretched your mind, body, and soul beyond your usual limit. Today, Father Pat McGrath delves into how embracing greater faith, openness, kindness, and generosity can lead us to grasp the profound ways we can contribute to fulfilling our higher calling. It became one of the most famous lines ever in a movie, and it even got drawn into the vernacular of popular culture and the workplace as a line that expressed a particular reality of a moment. If you read a little bit about how the line came into the film, too, it was sort of an ad-libbed line that had been a part of a running joke on the set of the film during the rather difficult filming. The, the movie, directed by Steven Spielberg, you've heard of him, uh, was Jaws. And they were filming the film version of Peter Benchley's great novel about the terrors of the beach um, because of a shark. Not to ruin your day if you're headed over to the lakefront. No sharks in Lake Michigan. So far. Uh, just killer carp, but nonetheless. But the line happens, and you probably already know what the line is that's in my head this morning, where Roy Scheider, who's the sheriff of the town, is at the back of the boat, and the rough captain is up in the command center there on their little boat, the Orca. And Richard Dreyfus, the nerdy scientist, is trying to figure things out. And Roy Scheider is smoking his cigarette and throwing chum in the water in order to get the shark to come close. And as he's throwing the chum and they've yet to see the shark, there's a spoiler alert here if you haven't seen this movie since it came out <laughs> 35 years ago. Um, as he's throwing the chum in the water and he's looking back and sort of grumbling under his breath, he's looking at the captain who's making him do this, and then finally he turns back and sees the shark surface, take some of the chum and go under the water, and it's massive. And Scheider sets the chum bucket, I guess that's what you call it, sets that down, walks into the cockpit to speak to the rough captain and says simply, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger boat. The message being, we had no idea what we were dealing with, and they see this shark surface again, and they say, that's a 20-footer, and the captain says, no, it's a 25-footer. And the mission to take out this shark and protect the people now has intensified and gotten so much more difficult. You're going to need a bigger boat. You didn't, you didn't imagine what you were up against. You didn't imagine what was going on here. We, we had too small of an appreciation of what's really going on here. 
I'd like to suggest that this gospel passage for not just Peter, but for you and me is the bigger boat gospel passage. You're going to need a bigger imagination. You're going to need a bigger, wider openness to what Jesus is doing. You're going to need to recalculate, recalibrate all your expectations of what God is, what God has been doing, and what God is seeking to do. You're going to need a bigger boat. The story we know so well where Jesus turns to the disciples and says, who do people say that the Son of Man is. And they, they go as you would expect them to. They go right to those categories they know because they're trying to figure them out. They're trying to understand what this is all about. Remember, they're like us. They're stumbling in this journey to try to stay close to Him. Something has seized their imagination about Him, the way He's preached, or the healings, or something He's done, or just watching Him at a distance, or the call to follow Him. And they don't get it all. They're confused. They foul it up all the time, but they know they have to stay close. And they're trying to piece it together, and their imaginations are pushed to their limits about who he might be, who he could be. So when he asks the question, they go to the categories. Some say John the Baptist. They get that. They get the prophetic, the prophetic voice of John there in the desert, that you're that. Or Jeremiah, the prophet who will suffer and who will speak of the Messiah to suffer. As they use these categories, it's smart. They're doing what they know. They're reaching for the frames of reference that they've been raised to understand. But then he turns the question to them, personally. As if to shift from the theological construct of those categories to the personal appropriation of their experience. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. It's exactly what he says in Mark's gospel, but here in Matthew's gospel, there's that added, that added line, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And these two are known categories, certainly the expectation of the Messiah, the Christ, but this, this movement toward the sonship, the unique sonship of Jesus. There's something more going on here. Some scripture scholars have said, we see a movement here away from this rigid application of the militaristic or nationalistic notions of Messiah to this added hunch. You are the son of the living God. It's as if in the moment, in the stumbling articulation of Peter, as he's been rooting through this understanding, as he's tried to piece together what Jesus is and who Jesus is as he's watched him, it's as if the walls of his imagination get pushed wider. It's as if the invitation of God's spirit to imagine more. Come on, Peter. Come on, you've seen it. You know there's something else here. And Jesus will laud him and will tell him that that's it, that this isn't something you've just ginned up from your own reflection, but you've worked with God who has given you this insight. You've been open in some stumbling imperfect way to the Spirit of God inviting you to see something different, to see something more. And isn't that 
the essence of it all for us in our faith? This deep down longing for, this restlessness of our hearts over the course of a lifetime, this wondering and this wandering and this hunch that there's something more. This sense that we've heard in listening to Jesus, in watching Jesus, and being invited to come close to Jesus like those first disciples. There's just something going on here that blows all those old categories away. There is, in fact, something new that God is doing and it is at work doing. And it's worthwhile to pay attention to how Peter gets to this point. Again, imperfectly, with great flaws, who will deeply disappoint and abandon his friend whom he has come to know as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it is, in fact, in that redemption and that healing of his failure, I think, I think it's that that Christ so desperately wants as the leadership of his community and his church this, this business about the church, later application perhaps about the church's way of piecing this together, what Jesus sees in Peter, it seems to me, at least in part, in addition to the boldness and the articulation and the clarity of thought at times, is that Peter, maybe more than any of those disciples, knows what it is to feel the mercy and the forgiveness of God in Christ in the midst of his own failure and brokenness. And so this Peter, this failed, flawed, brilliant Peter, now comes to articulate this truth. And he gets there because he stays close to Jesus. He follows him, he watches him, he pays attention to him. He's listened to the call and tried to take one step every day further into that friendship. He's talked to the friends, the others, as they fall asleep at night in their journeys and wonder together, who is he really? Do you think? Could it be? And in some small way, some healing humility creeps into Peter to let that spirit of God move him, to let that spirit of God teach him to let that Spirit of God aid his discernment as he seeks to figure out his life, as he tries to tend to that desire for more, as he tries to listen more carefully to what he's come to know is truth, that this, Je this Jesus, there's something more. My imagination isn't big enough. My heart needs to grow. And so, watch Bigger Boat Peter today because the application to our own lives is very practical. It is very pragmatic. This is not some ethereal spiritual truth only for the mystics and the poets. It's for us, it's for you and for me. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus in his church, in these sacraments that feed us, in his creation and this world that has been gifted to us, and in the cry of the poor and those pushed to the margins whose voices articulate the hunger for the healing that we all know. Pay attention to him. Stay close to him like Peter and those first disciples in our flawed, failing, fragile way. Nonetheless, listen carefully. Pay attention to the graces of the day. Listen to your life, as they say. See it for the mystery that it is and the graces and the crosses. And in that coming close, Pray for the inspiration, O oh God, 
Teach us to be humble, to open our hearts, to be taught by you. Send that spirit, that spirit we pray for in synod, the spirit we pray for in our church leadership, the spirit of freedom and liberation and good discernment we want for all of us together as church and in our lives, our families, our friendships. Send that spirit that taught Peter, O oh God, and teach us today. Speak to that deep down longing for something more, the restless hearts we hold, the dreams for something more, and teach us never to be afraid to imagine more. You're going to need a bigger boat, Peter, because he's blowing away the categories and inviting you to something new. We're going to need a bigger boat, church, to push the walls back of the church, to invite more people in, to include those who may be difficult to love, to go to the edges and be that field hospital that Francis has missioned us to be. May we know the grace to hear the call anew. May we know the joy of hearing that call and the freedom that comes from letting God teach us. May our imaginations and our hearts be healed to be free for the more. May we know that grace. Time now for announcements and events. The Old St. Patrick's Community invites people who are curious about Jesus, Christianity, and Catholicism to come and see through our Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. The RCIA is a community experience of learning, reflection, prayer, discussion, and discernment, all hosted by leaders and members of Old St. Pat's, who are excited to accompany you on your journey, help host space for your questions, and support you as you listen for where the Holy Spirit is calling you. If you're interested in joining us for our introductory session on Tuesday evening, September 12th, please visit bit.ly slash OSP underscore RCIA. Tickets are now on sale for our 36th Emerald Ball, a fundraiser celebrating friendships, family, and faith on Friday, October 27th at the Hilton Chicago. This year, we're thrilled to be honoring Father Tom Hurley and Katie Knee Hobbs and Mike Hobbs. For more information about the event or sponsorship, visit our website at oldstpats.org slash emeraldball. Join us for our fifth annual OSP Men's Group Pig Roast. All men 21 and over are welcome on Thursday, September 14th at 6 p.m. in the Old St. Patrick's Courtyard. Bring your friends. Tickets are $35 per person, $40 at the door. If you have any questions, please email mensgroup at oldstpats.org. And as a reminder, you're invited to our member appreciation celebration on September 10th. For all the details, visit oldstpats.org slash memberappreciation. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 9 a.m. Mass on Sunday, August 27th by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Thank you.